Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And um, in today's episode, since this is the last episode of the year, number 54, if I'm not mistaken, 53, something along those lines, um, we decided to talk a bit about our favorite books. And, you know, just go a bit, because we've already reviewed them, we're going to, I'll drop the links below. Or, you know, you just can go scroll down because all these books are books that we reviewed. But um, I think I'll just, you know, jump right into it and start. Actually, I have the list in front of me, but they're not in order. Yeah, but I'll just start, you know. Yeah, this is a bit of a good one. Uh, so number one for me, not in order of importance, but just, you know, to start. I'll go with Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And if you guys are familiar with Stoic Advice, you'll know about this book. Pretty much, you know, all the Marcus Aurelius quotes come from this book because at the end of the day, it's just a collection of um, like his writings, his journals, his diaries. And um, the, but the big thing for me that was so powerful is that at the time, this was the most powerful man in the world. Yet, or despite that, he still had the time and the presence of mind to to not only write about, about these things, about, you know, his internal dialogue, but it was so lucid i want to say like very you know it wasn't it was like no ego attached nothing like that despite like leading the biggest army in the planet at that time so for me it just kind of it puts things into perspective when we're like oh i don't really want to go to work today and it's like okay this man also thought the same thing but the difference is you're probably going to you know i don't want to say insignificant but it's you're going to a, a job without consequences if you don't go. <laughs> it's not for any other people. Like if he didn't go to work, it's like, oh, your entire country might go to shit if he just didn't feel like waking up. I think the, the consequences for him were much more exaggerated. And I think people listening, they can think maybe if you have a family or something like that, there's consequences for other people. But yeah, most most of the works people are doing, it's like it's nothing compared to being the emperor of of Rome at the time, the most powerful empire. And, and it's also cool how, how, yeah, like you said, how detached from his ego he was. Because especially at the time, like, well, I'm not an historian, but I, I think it, things were very much more, like, complex in their social gatherings, like, much more traditions and rules, all kind of, like, that were, like, they, they could exaggerate your ego, let's say, like that. Yeah. Especially if you're an emperor, you know? <laughs> people having to bow for you and... Like certain people can't even look in the eyes if they're talking to you, stuff like that, you know. And for him to be just like a normal person, it's funny because he just sounds like a normal person talking, obviously yeah. an intelligent person, but nonetheless, just very humble. And like, it's also cool to see how I think this is a quote I got from Tim Ferriss, I think, but it was like, everyone who's successful, they just mastered one thing and they're probably just the same as everyone else. And the rest, and I think you get the, the same thing with Marcus Aurelius. You know, he felt the things everyone feels on their day to day basis. But yeah, it's just I think I think it's comfort, comforting to know that these successful people also deal with the same struggles you do. It places them on a much more even level. But do you want to say more about yeah, this? Just, uh, just kind of to expand a bit on that. It's yeah, it's crazy because when you read it, first of all, it, it feels very actual. It doesn't feel like you're you're reading something that was written before. Was this before Christ was even born? Yeah, so like more than two thousand years ago, like two thousand four hundred years ago, something like this. And it's and it's always crazy to me because 
it feels like all the advice we already we need is already written but now every book that comes out is just a different variation of that but th that's why like i feel like the more we can get to the source the better we can actually apply this advice because if you're you know because for every all of this advice you can go to like aristotle's book stuff like that for just one chapter of those books people have written countless of other books so if you just read a book on that like i don't know like uh start with why for example that's yeah that's just the start you know and you're gonna read a whole book on that and then another you know another book on another thing which you can do but a lot of these things have been already written about and synthesized much better thousands of years ago which for me is crazy but yeah i'll, I'll kind of end my meditations on there so this is probably the cheapest book you'll find of the list on kindle it's like two dollars so i definitely recommend you pick this up just a quick side note like that's crazy meditations is less than two bucks you know that's books are crazy i mean i, I still i stand by my claim of books being the best invention ever but to move on the book uh also my list isn't in any particular order so it's just this is going to be random but it's can't hurt me by david goggins it was definitely top five of this year and it was one of those books i mean uh, i'm just trying because it, we we reviewed it early i think it was one of the first books we reviewed on yeah, the podcast the book. yeah but I, I remember like this book it was strange because it, it has an impact on me that not many books have in, in the sense that it was very practical I think listening to the stories that David Goggins told, you know, it made me, made me think of myself as being capable of more than what I was. Because I was like, all the stories we, we heard about him, like going on miles and miles, being fat, going from fat to fit. And like, obviously he did things in a very hardcore manner, which I don't advise for most people, but it just gives you a sense of what's human, humanly capable, you know? All those stories he tells about like finishing the ultra marathon and then, his, his feet being on blood and like uh, he told his like wife at the time or girlfriend to take him to the shower and just leave him there to enjoy the pain and not call like it's those kinds of things that made me think well if this guy is able to do this i think i guess i'm able to do more than i what i'm currently doing and i'm capable of more and at the time it was really i, I also talked about this on the, po the podcast i think i had a, this strange event happening to me where i was just like in the middle of the night i just went for a run I don't know if you remember me telling this. Remember. You don't remember this? Okay, so this is, yeah, this is like a, a, a weird, like one of the weirdest things happening in my life. Like I was, I was, I have been a day full, a full day of procrastination basically. And I was like, at, at the end of the day, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I wasted a day. And I was really angry and mad. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just try better tomorrow. And then I remember like David Goggins telling me, like I could hear his voice in my head, like, but why don't you just do it today? Do, do some stuff you, you can do today to improve your day. I was like, yeah, man, why not? I, I, so at the time I was trying to always hit 10,000 daily steps. That was my goal. So I, I remember getting, it was, and this was like mid-November or January, something like that. So it was cold. And I remember just getting out of the house on my jacket and just going uh, running around the block until I hit the 10,000 steps. And it was crazy because as I got through it, I was like, this isn't uncomfortable enough. So I kept taking like pieces of clothing out off so it, it would be more cold and more stuff <laughs> it got to a point you don't remember this like it got to a point where i, I started running barefoot <laughs> around the, the fucking block uh, and yeah that was like the, the david i think we talked about this we call it david goggins moments we both started having yeah well i definitely don't remember that but uh, i maybe a vague idea but it's crazy because i remember at the time i also started running 
and I, I hate to run. I never liked and I probably never will. But the thing is, I went to running not with the mentality of like, oh, I'll run for 30 minutes. I was like, okay, I'll run until it hurts and then I'll see how far I can go. Just And the I feel like the the big problem with all these books is that, you know, that lasts for like a week, you know, because then you, you're not David Goggins. You don't have this haunting past that doesn't allow you to rest pretty much. And kind of just as a side note, the big takeaway I took from pretty much all of this is that if you can focus on just one book from this list, that would be the best you can do. If you if you just like read this one book and you can read others, but if you focus on applying the advice of just one for, you know, as long as you can. And this kind of segues a bit into the 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 next book I have, which which is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, fair enough, the book is not from this year and I didn't read it for the first time this year. However, this was the year when I decided like, okay, I'm just going to follow this book's advice for six months or forever. For, and that's what I've been doing I've, <laughs> up until this point. I've not followed any other book's advice for long term, even though I read them. And it's been crazy. The, the, but now I'm just realizing this now, like the actual change. I remember when I said that, I was like, I'm just going to follow this advice. And now it's like, holy fuck. Now I always plan my weeks. I, I manage myself much better just because I focused on these habits, you know, and, and kind of, uh, I would say like a summary would be the habit number one is being proactive, which I think, I think it's that, which is just realizing that you are capable of it. Number two is defining kind of like your, your moral code kind of thing. And which I did as well. And, and it's really helpful. Just a funny aside. I remember I wrote there uh, between a lot of things. One was, I won't ever make, uh, make like people laugh at the cost of another or I never will make a joke that is kind of like really hurtful for another person really targeted and I remember I did it and I didn't at the moment I didn't realize but when I got home I was like wait a minute I did that and I wrote I was not gonna do that so then that forced me to text the person and say like sorry about that even though it was very uncomfortable to do that and the person probably didn't remember it just felt so much better after it was like oh I'm actually following my moral compass then on then like number three would be one of the most important for me which if i'm not mistaken is uh plan ahead it's not the exact name but it's just planning your week planning your goals and focusing on the the long-term things and this for me has been the most critical one like because every sunday i'm reviewing everything and seeing oh what am i gonna do and by doing that it's like now looking at everything that i've done since then it's kind of crazy it's like all the, all the posts for the page I always do at the beginning of the week and all the sales pages, everything that I've been able to do, it's kind of, I'm just realizing now because I'm thinking, and I wish I, I remember when I said that. I, I remember I said like, I'm going to follow this for six months. We, we have it on the podcast. So I know if you, I, I bet if you just start listening to the intros, you, you'll find it because I remember you saying that. And I, yeah, and that's definitely... Yeah, that's something, I guess, the practice that it's been proven by yourself that, that, that it has worked. And it, it was something I tried to implement with Atomic Habits, but I eventually let it go a bit. And maybe, not maybe, I, I think oh, I'll get on the train of the, the new year, new me. Not not that thing, because that's, I don't believe in that. But I think it's a good time as any to, you know, implement that advice, especially hearing it from you and the success you've had and seeing it displayed on the growth of, of our page. And and it makes sense, you know. It's what we talk about. It's going, it's depth over, over width, and it's going, and it's making sure 
you I think it's humbling yourself also because I think it, the thing of like I can read all the books and implement all the ideas that's kind of an ego thing yeah. you know it was, I, I the, the feeling of like I can do all of this but yeah it's it's not true we've talked about this numerous times on the podcast and especially if you're young you know you you haven't learned that much so moving on yeah and the thing is like like you just did finish you said where most of us are young it we're really fucking young it's and because we think like uh we need to be super fit and we need to be super rich and we need to have the best relationships but we want all of them right now and the thing is like If you look at all the top people in any area, number one, they're only good at that for the most part. If like if it's sales, they're very good at sales. If it's fitness, they're only very good at fitness for the most part. And then it took years upon years to get there. It wasn't something like I don't know, like Schwarzenegger didn't become a bodybuilder from one month to the next. Even though like maybe his genetics were a little better than yours. Like I don't think that's at the end of the day, that's never gonna be. Um, okay, I'm just gonna have, having a little issue. Okay, I'm gonna pass it over to you. Okay. Technical difficulties. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's that's true because we we've seen. I think growing up, you have, you want to have that idea that you can do everything. But yeah, everyone that's even let's let's take the most like an example that would apparently contradict all of this. Tim Ferriss, you know, it just seems to be good at everything he does, but that's not true. You know, he first he got good at being good at learning stuff. You know, yeah. first he, he learned how to learn, and that's why he can like climb to the top of any kind of skill he, he takes up and and also we have to refer that he's one of like the extreme examples you know yeah. success cases most people aren't tim ferris you don't have his brain chemistry the way it works you don't have his experiences it's different so yeah you you have to take all of that into account and be humble about it you know recognize you can only do a certain certain much so i guess moving on to the next book it's i think it's the same as the one in your list so it's going to be atomic habits this book It really surprised me. I wasn't expecting anything out of this book because the, the title just sounded so generic and it's like another habits book. I kind of like, I've read The Power of Habits two years ago and I was like, yeah, I kind of know everything about habits now, but I didn't. <laughs> Once again, this book was very uh, enlightening in the way, in the simplicity, it's presented the steps to f creating and, and maybe removing certain habits. And and basically it was, at the time we were getting really into the Kaizen topic, the yeah. Kaizen movement let's call it and i think it was a, a really good fit because it, it really made sense the way he, he explained the habits the way you get rid of them by taking small steps and and you know he even gives the example of like if you're trying to go to the gym just <clears throat> commit yourself to just going five minutes i think it was a week to the gym or something like that so you just say like just you don't even have to do anything just get five put, put a timer on just go to the treadmill and be there for five minutes and And that works because you eventually build on those things. And that's what I've, uh, I think, experienced more this year. It's forming new habits is all about starting slow. And it, it just seems that you eventually get there just by, by starting slow. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, although it would seem that would be easier to start slow, I feel like it's always hardest because no one, myself included, most people included, no one wants to start slow. Because starting slow, like who the fuck wants to go to the gym and then come like right back? You just up in and then you come back. Like no one. But at the end of the day, the the opposite of that, uh, okay, let me rephrase. Like that will lead you to build the habit. The opposite will lead you to giving up. Like New Year's Eve, people are starting to go to the gym a lot. And what's the mentality? Oh, I'm going to go six times per week and then I'll run on the seventh day. 
And it's like after the first day, you realize this is unsustainable. And because that's unsustainable, but because you have a plan to do it every day, you start feeling bad about yourself because you know you're not going to be able to make it. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like, ah, maybe I'll just skip today. And then eventually you just skip everything. You go back to the fucking beginning. However, if you would start like, okay, I'm going to start going to the gym and like you said, like running on the treadmill for five minutes. And then on the next day, maybe six minutes, then seven. And, and, then, and then I'll lift one weight and then two weights. And then eventually, if you keep doing this, then you will be the guy, who goes, or guy or girl who goes to the gym. That's it. However, the other approach is like, which is what we always do. Apart from, you know, when we plan and if we don't have this knowledge, sometimes we plan just for, you know, extreme, like, oh, I'm going to just go to the gym seven days. It's either that we plan too vaguely, which is I'm going to go to the gym. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, go to the gym that can be at night, morning, you never decide, then you skip it. Or, it's like we do super, yeah, like that's the, the biggest one, like super vague, big steps. Like, I'm going to start a business. Well, what the fuck does that even mean at the end of the day? But if the step is, okay, I'm going to, you know, buy this uh, trademark, you know, the name of the business. I'm going to open a finance in there. I'm going to buy the, the domain. I'm going to build a website. If each one of those is a step, then you always know if you've done it. But now start a business, it's like, it's not defined. You, at the end of the day, it's like defining and like small stepping your way there, which is, you know, much harder than it would seem. Um, I don't know if you have anything else on this book. Um, so moving on to what I would say. Oh, I forgot one book. Yeah, but I'll just go into this one right now. So this would be The Truth by Neil Strauss. And this one is, for me, I would say one of the, one which had the biggest impacts on the way I see relationships and how we function and why do we want the things we want. Because pretty much the book, um, it's Neil Strauss, the writer, and he tells his experience of, you know, cheating on his girlfriend at the time and then kind of trying to figure why he did it even though he, he felt like that was a perfect relationship and kind of him diving deep within himself, within his past experiences with his parents, with all that and really kind of coming to a, a horrible conclusion that I'm not going to spoil, but but kind of dealing with all that and realizing that a lot of things we want and we go for it, it's super unconscious. It's just we're kind of we're playing things that either our parents done or that we saw done and we don't even know why. It's kind of that thing like whether some people were always saying, oh, I, I just can't seem to find the right guy or girl. They're always assholes. It's like, are they really? Or are you just attracted to those people for some reason? And you always end up with them that have this habit pattern. And it was really just kind of like eye-opening to, well, to his experience and then towards my own experience of thing like back like oh yeah there's some things i've been repeating that i'm not aware of like why i'm attracted to this and not that other thing and it a lot of it just boils down to childhood yeah, that, that book it was also the next up on my list and it's exactly like that it completely changed my view on relationships and like you said looking back on also previous relationships you could see how much you could start identifying patterns first of all and then relating that to your childhood experience, which is, it's very uncomfortable, I think, for everyone to having to do that, to think about the, the, the way they, they were, they were grown and uh, not, not grown, like educated by their parents, yeah, you know, raised. yeah, the raised and yeah, the book itself is very uncomfortable, especially I imagine for Neil <laughs> writing it, you know, that's got to be one of the most uncomfortable books, uh, but yeah, the book is great. First of all, he writes very well, yeah. you know, Neil Strauss is probably one of the best writers I've ever 
like the books I've ever read from him. And the book itself is a very I don't I don't even want to talk about specific things because I think it's it's worth it for you to go through the experience. I definitely think it was worth it for me going through all of that and then uh, seeing him reach the conclusion he, he he reached and kind of like taking it back to how the book impacted me. You know, I've I think I'm much more uh, wary and careful about relationships now than I was before because him. Like the way he, he talked about it, it's it's really much more important than most people think it is. Most people think, I think, they need to find the right person, then everything fits together. But that's not how relationships work. You know, they have they they there's a lot of dedication that goes into making a good rela- relationship that people don't think it, it will. Like it's like any other skill, you know. For you to have good relationships, you need to put in the work, and it's one of the most difficult things because it's two human beings trying, or more, in this case, trying to make it make sense of this life together and you know i think especially for young people that are so obsessed with this most people you know it's kind of like take you should read the book just to take a step back and really look at the big picture is it really worth it for you to even have a relationship right now if you don't have other pieces in place are you willing to put in the work for having a a good relationship and i see this more and more with friends of mine you know all the dramas with relationships they have and it's like yeah man i just i just want to make you read this book so you can understand a bit of how, how this, I, I see you making the same errors with every single relationship. And I can tell you the pattern because first of all, you, you wouldn't listen to me and it just probably hurts you. So it's, I think it's a very important book, especially for young people, but not only because I think, I think for everyone, no one knows what the fuck they're doing with relationships generally. Yeah. And um, another big thing that you touched on that kind of a bit separate is because the, these patterns like keep repeating themselves. And one of the big things that I've noticing more and more is that for pretty much all our big mistakes, we have patterns of habit that keep repeating themselves. If you, if most of us look back towards like, what have been our biggest failures that we've been responsible for? Like maybe your business failed, maybe you fucked up a relationship. And for most of them, there will be similar habits in all of them or similar, you know, reactions to an emotion that arises inside. It's like, why am I procrastinating when I don't want to? Like, you consciously know you shouldn't, but something else is overtaking that. Like, why am I, you know, like faking being upset or something with this person if I'm if I know that would be better if I just tried to solve it? Why are we doing these things? And at the end of the day, you know, it's it's not as much as why are we doing it. It's like how do we solve them or how do we change it? And it's a big step. Is yeah, like this book helps you just recognize those things because it like forces you because he's going so he's being so real he's being so true you know to himself that it kind of forces you as well to be like, hmm, what am I kind of, like, was that really the other person's fault in that case? Or was it me who was kind of acting childish and not as I should? So, yeah, absolutely. For me, yeah, the truth definitely makes it. Now, which book do you have next? So the next books for me, I think it was one of the most recent ones, but it was just so good. Stillness is Key yeah. by, by Ron Oliver. It was just such a... And first of all, also, like, I, lo- I just love how Ryan Oliver writes every single one of his books. I think I've read, except the marketing ones. And, you know, it's really like the, the, the way he puts chapters and then relates them to, like, historical fi- historical figures. And and especially in this book, I think it's the most necessary for the pr- for current times, you know. No one is kind of able to be still anymore, like the title implies. And it's uh, like everything we talked about, I think. And I think that's the biggest, if I had to take one takeaway from this year, is that everything is a skill. You know, everything in our life can be improved and must be treated as a skill if you want to improve it. And it's the same thing with with work. Even now we're reading the, the, the book Deep Work 
by Cal Newport. And it's the same thing, you know, you need to make, you, you just, you can't just up in and, and start being a writer, a writer and write eight hours a day because you don't have the mental fortitude to do that. There isn't, there isn't the, the foundation of stillness in this case for you to do those things with any skill, you know? And I think this book is really about how to cultivate that stillness in your life. And it's, it's really important. If you, if you think you, like, if you don't consider stillness like an important thing or you, it's kind of like a, a very vague idea, I think you should reconsider it because I didn't even give that much thought about it because I think before reading this book, I was really out of the mindfulness space for a while because I've, I've, I would like years ago, I'd have been much more uh, connected to it, but now I kind of lost a bit of that sense with me. And I think this brought it back to the importance of having a clear mind, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's one of those things that you don't really notice it until you kind of regain it again. Like once you are in that, you know, maybe in nature meditating, you're like, oh my God, I've been fucking missing this. And, and it, it just shows you how easy it also is to get lost in the chaos of like the day by day, you know? And to me, it's just because it's such a reality that's so far away. But I remember the time when my day was like, go to school or if I'm on vacation, wake up, play video games the whole day, then go to sleep. Like there was no moment of stillness. There was It was always like next dopamine spike, next dopamine spike, YouTube, Instagram, playing video games. And then... <laughs> you know, when you stop that and you try to be mindful, especially after that, it's horrible because it's all the things you've been repressing. They're going to come up and, you know, it's never pleasant to deal with. But one thing that I also feel like in my case helped a lot with stillness, especially at the beginning, was going into environments where I, where I was not comfortable at all for how crazy that sounds. Like I remember at the time I did like a EVS, like you did as well, like a voluntary service where you go to another country. And I remember being so fucking uncomfortable because all these um, feelings that I've been repressing when I was comfortable at home, I couldn't do that when I was uncomfortable in another place. It was like I couldn't just push it aside. So when I was forced to deal with that, at the moment, I was like, the first thought was I want to quit. But then when I actually, you know, give it a week too and I dealt with that, I was much better. I was much more calm. I was much more in accepting acceptance of what is. Instead of just trying to hold on to this, you know, it was like I was holding on to this fake idea of, oh, one day everything will be good without me doing anything. But like at the end of the day, no, it's like if you're not still, then all these problems, you're just repressing them until one day they blow up. And a lot of you can see, for example, in the book, The Truth of Neil, that is a big case of that, of just someone not being able to control their impulses and, you know, pretty much at least at the beginning of like fucking up and not even knowing why he was not even aware of that. So if anything, for me, stillness is just, it's key to become more aware of yourself, which then kind of allows you to, to either change or to go into more if it's a, an helpful thing. Yeah. It was one of those things. It's one of those skills. Like you said, I just have, I just have to mention this because kind of had this moment yesterday. I've been kind of slacking off on meditation. So the, it was a really sunny day. So I just went out in the sun and meditated for like, like 20 minutes. And it's like, I can't, it's, it's so clear the difference that you like going before it to, to after it, you know, it just, 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 and you can only tell it's after doing it. But I mean, it's one of those things. I think we've talked about this in, it's funny because if you go like see previous podcasts, like, like in the beginning of the year, we probably talked about this, like mindfulness is one of those things. It's very easy to, like kind of fall off of it you know it's very easy for you to just stop doing it 
and then not kind of it's it, the line gets blurry and then only when you feel the need to do it again which is like when life's kind of like in their the peak the peak of chaos that's when you feel the need to go back into it and so i mean i wish i, I was more regular with it it's one of like the, i it's going to be one of the biggest struggles in my entire life probably because it's just one of those like our environment is designed kind of anti stillness and so for you to work against your environment it's hard but it's something you must do and because i can tell you like even this year i was i did a voluntary experience like a short term thing in a in a, this farm and there was like no not that much network wifi and and so i was like really away from like internet instagram all those stimuli and and i noticed that in that month i was much more present and much more calm with all the things i did and i i can remember this different being that i that i was in and it's funny how like slowly and not slowly but surely you kind of lose that and then only when you you reach that kind of bottom of chaos you you notice it again so i don't know if you have any more books you want to yeah uh, i don't have any more books do you have i want to make a, an honorable mention because this isn't a uh a non-fiction book but it's like it's one of it i read it like a month ago but it quickly became one of my favorite books of all time and it's by paulo coelho uh, the alchemist and this for me is like this a book like it's fiction disguised as self-help no the other way around it's self-help disguised as fiction because you know the book itself it's just a wonderful journey and it, i think it's just like it's a perfect metaphor for all these things we talk about you know enjoying the journey and not The, the goal for itself and taking slow steps you know but it's just put in such a, a beautiful way so if you're really not that into self-help which you probably are if you're reading this but if you know uh, people like that you want to give a book to that maybe help them improve their lives but you know that they really don't care about self-help give them this book you know because it's a uh, kind of a disguised way to get it in there yeah i never read it but i i recommend you check it because it did um so that was our top books for The year now i'm gonna do a bit of a plug for ourselves because we never done anything um i don't know if you're aware but uh recently i just we just opened our mentoring program called self-discipline mastery which pretty much it goes over how to number one identify the bad habits we have number two how to plan for it and then how to not only not solve them but how to replace them with good habits And make sure we stick to it like how do we set our environment our habits everything around us to to actually move forward Because for the most part, until we solve some of these, it's like we're never going to be able to move forward. Like if you're always procrastinating, like you're never going to get anything done until you at least control that. Now, there are only 10 spots because this is one-on-one. -on -one. However, there's still some open. So if you want to get on that, you can send us a DM on Instagram at Paths of Meaning. Or you can send me an email on at, not at, but the email is <laughs> Gonzalo at pathsofmeaning.com. And uh, yeah, with that being said, it's been a wonderful year and uh, have a good 2020. Bye-bye.